When you have the right recon process in place, it's easy to stay ahead of the game. Put your recon on cruise control today with iRecon, the solution built directly in Viato that obliterates recon inefficiencies and accelerates your used car sales. Visit viato.com. Welcome to Daily Drive. For Friday, December 2nd, 2022, I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, the U.S. averts a rail strike. Ford and Honda sales drop while competitors enjoy double-digit gains. And Ford's EV certification program for dealers is under fire in Connecticut. Plus, a CDK Global cybersecurity study finds a big decrease from 2021 in dealership readiness for a cyber attack. We'll hear from CDK Global's Anu Roberts. It's just a matter of when it will happen. And so it's really best to have dealers really get prepared for the inevitable that's going to be happening here. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The U.S. Senate has approved legislation to avert a crippling U.S. rail strike. A day after the bill won bipartisan approval in the House, senators voted 80 to 15 and sent the measure to President Joe Biden for his signature ahead of next week's strike deadline. The bill would impose a labor agreement hammered out by rail companies, union leaders, and the Biden administration months ago. That deal was rejected by workers in four of 12 unions. An effort by Democrats to amend the deal to include seven days of paid sick leave for workers came up short when it failed to garner the Republican votes needed in the Senate. General Motors CEO Mary Barra has said a rail strike would have forced some truck plants to shut down, quote, within a day and make it difficult to deliver new cars and trucks to dealerships. Remember all the good U.S. November sales news we had to share yesterday? Well, it's not so rosy today for Ford and Honda. While Toyota, Hyundai, Kia, Subaru, Mazda, and Volvo all enjoyed double-digit increases last month, Ford sales were down almost 8%, and Hondas were down more than 6% compared with November of last year. For Ford, it's the third consecutive month with a year-over-year decline. The automaker says customer orders remain strong, but it delivered 15% fewer utility vehicles and almost 9% fewer F-Series pickups. Honda brand sales fell more than 5% last month and 14% for Acura. Honda's four top-selling nameplates, the CRV, HRV, Accord, and Civic, all saw declines in November. Although Toyota saw U.S. sales rise 10% in November, the world's largest automaker believes the microchip shortage that's plagued the industry is likely to remain for an extended period. Toyota Motor North America Vice President of Sales, Jack Hollis, sees the industry finishing 2022 at 14 million new light vehicle sales in the U.S., with a recovery in 2023 only to 15 million as production continues to struggle through supply shortages in microchips and other components. Hollis acknowledges that Toyota hasn't had much success guessing when restrictions on semiconductors will lift and says the industry shows no sign of pulling back on its demand for technology. And U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal says he plans to ask the Federal Trade Commission and state authorities to investigate Ford's EV certification program for dealers. The Connecticut Democrat says he's concerned that the program violates his state's franchise laws and says it represents, quote, egregious treatment of dealers. Blumenthal joins a bipartisan group of Connecticut state legislators in criticizing the plans during a virtual press conference that also included a top-ranking member of the Connecticut Automotive Retailers Association. 
The lawmakers called on Ford to again delay the deadline for dealers to opt in to the program. That deadline is today. Ford said in a statement that it would not extend the deadline and that it does not believe the program violates Connecticut's franchise laws. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, what's going on with our newly designed automotive news research and data center? Yeah, we have a, a new design and a, I had kind of a soft relaunch this week. So uh, now, you know, it's a it's a nice premium product for, you know, special subscribers who pay extra to have full access to the research and data center. One of the nice features that now includes is a. Uh, you can pin your favorite reports. So if there's ones that you check every month, they will automatically update and be right there for you when you log in. Nice. Coming up, there's been an unprecedented increase in ransomware attacks and data breaches against dealers that has them reassessing their cybersecurity measures. We'll hear how retailers can best protect themselves. That's next on Daily Drive. Slate Money is a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the world of business and finance. Hosted by Felix Salmon, Elizabeth Spires, and me, Emily Peck. Confused by crypto? Can't keep up with the metaverse? Wondering why the price of just about everything keeps rising? The Slate Money podcast is here for you. Listen to Slate Money every Saturday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Warning. Your reconditioning process needs attention. Unexpected shortages and delays can throw off even the most routine recon work, slowing your sales and eating into your bottom line. Identify and fix reconditioning inefficiencies to turn your inventory faster with iRecon. This reconditioning solution, built directly in V-Auto, keeps you in control of your service department and puts your recon on cruise control. With real-time alerts and reports, iRecon helps you get ahead of potential issues before they become costly problems. You'll be able to track who's doing the work and how long tasks are taking, see the status of any vehicle in an instant, and make adjustments where needed. And it's all done in an easy-to-use dashboard you can customize to fit your workflow. Obliterate inefficiencies and accelerate your used car sales only with iRecon. Run your personal recon diagnostics with us today and put your process on cruise control. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. A CDK Global cybersecurity study finds a 21% drop from 2021 in the number of dealerships prepared for a cyber attack. The FTC delayed when businesses, including dealerships, must comply with the updated safeguards rule by six months, and that might be a good thing because a recent CDK Global Cybersecurity study found less than half of dealerships said they were well prepared to be compliant. Automotive News Senior Editor Dan Shine spoke with Anu Roberts, CDK Global's Senior Director of Product Marketing, about dealership readiness for preventing cyber attacks. Here's their conversation. Anu. Thanks for joining me on the FNI Friday edition of Daily Drive. Dan, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure to be here. So when you talk about cybersecurity and dealerships, is it just a matter of when, but not if? You know, that's that's exactly right. You know, any any longer, it's it's just a matter of when it will happen. And so it's really best to have dealers really get prepared for the inevitable that's going to be happening here. So you guys, uh, CDK did a your second annual kind of cybersecurity study. What were some kind of the high points, the things that you found that you you found interesting? Yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, we did our our second annual report and 
you know, one of the the things that we focused a little bit about during this second report is around FTC compliancy and and dealership readiness around it. The good news is is that dealerships um, and dealers are are taking cybersecurity as a high priority for their organizations. And so, about you know, eighty five percent of dealerships stated that threats are very or extremely important to them. So they're definitely prioritizing cybersecurity. They have plans to upgrade their IT infrastructure, which has been a, a sort of a legacy problem of, you know, aging infrastructure. And so I think it was about 60% of dealers plan to prioritize their upgrades in this year, which is really good to hear. Things like phishing and ransomware continue to be sort of top threats. So nothing really changed as far as, you know, what dealers perceive as their top threats. You know, antivirus and malware certainly sort of crept up the, the leaderboard. In there, but an interesting and striking sort of surprise for me really is that despite the prioritization, really a a lower percentage, about 35%, really felt like they were well prepared for the FTC um, compliance and, um, or or really, and, and even understood what that was all about. Um, so that, that probably was the most striking to me. Yeah, I think that I'm sure it's overwhelming, especially if you're not a large dealership group that has the resources to you know, maybe tackle something as daunting as this seems to a lot of dealership. Is it that or is it the cost or is it a combination of both? Why do you think dealerships still kind of feel unprepared? Yeah, you know, I think it, it's certainly a combination, you know, of, of a lot of different things. You know, first of all, you know, every industry across the board, not just automotive, but every industry is seeing a substantial rise in cyber attacks around phishing and around ransomware. And really, you know, COVID really sort of accelerated that, you know, the bad actors out there, the hackers out there, they're very savvy. And so they're going to target what they think are easy, easy money for them, easy, you know, industries that have vulnerabilities. And, you know, as you mentioned, as, you know, automotive retailers, things are moving more to the cloud. There's a lot going on online. And so they have, um, you know, a combination of sort of vulnerability. And part of that, I think I touched on was the fact that uh, a lot of dealerships have aging infrastructure. So you have this, you know, sort of perfect storm of, you know, outdated legacy infrastructure. You have lots of vulnerability points with the, you know, interconnectivity that, um, happens within the dealership. And then the lack of specialized expertise, you know, cybersecurity in particular really is a niche area of expertise and not a lot of companies, let alone dealerships, have that in-house expertise. So you have all of these factors in there and, you know, it's sort of a perfect storm of, you know, the dealers feeling like they're they're not as prepared, they don't have the staff, they don't have the guidance or the expertise. And then of course they don't maybe also in addition, don't have the infrastructure upgrades that are needed as well. And I know, like you kind of mentioned, you know, COVID and the pandemic, and it, it really kind of ushered in customers really wanted doing a lot more of their transacting online. And that includes dealerships and looking for cars and financing cars and, and putting, you know, adding protection plans or whatever. How does being those kind of transactions more online contribute to the threat of uh, like some kind of cyber attack? There's more vulnerability points is really what that is. You know, part of the reason why sort of these bad actors like to target dealerships in particular, amongst other retailers, is that they know that dealerships store something really potentially advantageous for them, right? It's a big moneymaker, and that is consumer data. Um, More specifically, what's considered PII, which is personal identifying information data. And hackers can make a lot of big money selling 
that information on the dark web. That's a sort of a big reason why such a rise in cyber attacks over the last several years. And I would imagine you can have all the great cyber fighting tools, you know, in, in your arsenal. But if you have a staff member who clicks on the email from a Nigerian prince, I would imagine there's a little bit of staff training that goes, you know, that, that is an important key to this. You just can't have all the great software that you have. To, you got to like tell tell your folks, you know, if it seems fishy, don't don't click on it. Yeah, you know, that's exactly it. I mean, first of all, cyber attacks are extremely costly to dealers. And so having a line of defense is really critical. And it's not just one line. You know, there's no sort of one size fits all when it comes to cybersecurity. So having a more layered approach when it comes to um, cybersecurity, really around three things. One is prevention, protection, and response. And, you know, prevention is, you know, the, the monitoring, the active monitoring, 24-7 monitoring, um, things like multi-factor authentication that we've all become used to where you get a, a code via text and you have to enter the code in addition to your logins, things like um, web content filtering. That's sort of this prevention layer. You mentioned um, the vulnerabilities from employees and, you know, a, a, a startling statistic is 98% of cyber attacks involve some sort of social engineering. So, you know, essentially what that means is attacks, the vast majority of attacks are coming in through people, through employees. And so teaching, you know, a, a one critical step that deal, dealers can really focus on is, is having that first line of defense be their employees and teaching them how to spot these attacks. And you know, we, we kind of, you kind of joked about, you know, the Nigerian prince and, but the emails that are coming across now, the texts that are coming across now are so sophisticated, extremely sophisticated. You have folks that are in the cyber community that, you know, don't always pass those tests either. Right. And so knowing that, Hey, really be critical about it. You know, I had a, a experience where I got an email from my bank. Well, I've had lots of little phishing attempts, you know, banks, Netflix, Spotify, you name it. But I got one from my actual bank <laughs> and it said, we've detected fraud. And so click here to let us know if this was fraudulent or not. And I was really, I didn't click because I thought, well, no, I'm a, I'm a educated cyber professional. I'm going to, I'm not going to fall for this. And so I told the bank and they said, well, you know, okay, let's, let's validate that it's you. And I, I was a little nervous then because I thought, well, is this the phone number that, and they said, tell you what, call back the number that's on your the back of your card and, and we'll validate. So I say all that because it's, it's, this is something that all of us as consumers are experiencing, very sophisticated attacks. So prevention layer is great. Training employees is great. Another layer of protection is, is sort of that protection layer, you know, being able to detect what's coming in, um, having your you know, devices secured, rogue device detection. You know, we're in this Wi-Fi world where devices can, can connect on the network. So being able to have a layer of protection and then lastly, a layer of response. And this is one where folks don't always necessarily think about a response layer. It's saying, hey, if a threat comes in, how do we contain it? How do we recover? How do we roll back our devices to a, a good state? You know, remediation and, and part of that response plan, what we call an incident response plan, is really identifying those key players. Um, how are you doing some, you know, threat modeling? You know, how are you preparing, basically doing a test run of, you know, testing, modeling, and then also doing things on a consistent basis like assessing your vulnerabilities, penetration testing. So having a layered approach really, you know, with prevention and protection and response 
really help secure not only the dealership's data themselves, but also the consumer data. And we talked about the safeguards rule, and that's obviously been postponed now six months to June. But I'm guessing you're going to say, don't procrastinate, don't delay. If you're you're behind, get going. Well, that's that's exactly it. You know, these things do take time. I mean, as it's it's complicated. Um, and you know that I just went through those those layered approach. Well, that takes time to to you know assess what's going on, understand your vulnerabilities, understand just a roadmap and a, and a game plan. A lot of dealers, as I mentioned, don't have that in-house expertise. So the good news is 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 they are taking measures. Um, they are taking steps towards it. And a lot of them, they don't have that in-house expertise. Then they're um, utilizing a third party, you know, managed service provider, in order to provide them that guidance. And so what I would say is, you know. Absolutely don't delay, you know, get started. You know, folks like CDK, you know, we, we recommend starting with a network assessment, network and security assessment to just analyze what you have today and then build that plan forward of how you're going to move towards um, meeting the compliancy come, come June. Lots of great information. Anu, thanks so much for joining us. You bet, Dan. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Anu Roberts is CDK Global's Senior Director of Product Marketing. She spoke with our own Dan Shine. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Nick Bunkley, Larry Valquette, and Michael Martinez for their help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on finance and insurance, sales results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back on Monday for a conversation with Automotive News engineering reporter Richard Truitt about his upcoming report on the evolution of EV motors. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.